0: Hello and welcome to the Monthly Megabyte CEO Barometer. At Megabyte we track the financial performance, corporate activity and strategic positioning of over 6,000 of the UK's leading technology and digital businesses. Each month our research team analyses dozens of results and corporate transactions in the UK tech sector. As well as delivering extensive company financial and transaction data, our team leverages some 500 CEO relationships to bring our subscribers deep insight into the companies and technology peer groups we track. The aim of this show every month is to summarise the research and data on the Megabyte platform from the last month, with a particular focus on the key themes around corporate activity and valuations. Of course, subscribers can get access to all of the underlying research and data on the Megabyte platform. And if you think that the research that we provide at Megabyte may be of help to you and you're not yet a subscriber, we'd love to hear from you. The best thing to do is to go to uh, our website at megabyte.com and hit the request uh, trial button and you can now set up an automatic trial of our news analysis service, the Megabyte Newswire, um, and also request a demo of the wider platform. So if that's of use to you, you think it might be of use to you, we'd love to hear from you. So here's a quick canter through the key highlights from this month's CEO Barometer. UK tech sector share prices were actually pretty robust for the first time in a few months, uh, with a modest increase in both software and ICT services, although valuations do remain stubbornly low. However, this looked pretty modest compared to a really strong market in the US for tech sector share prices. The Nasdaq was up again very significantly during June and is showing um, an increase of over a third year-to-date, and the BVP cloud index is also up very significantly. In terms of deal flow, it was a mixed picture again. And uh, Overall, we saw 106 deals on the megabyte database during June. That was down 22% uh, to 22% year on year, um, but it was up significantly on May, which was a very weak month where we only registered 83 deals. There's actually some signs of recovery, some, some green shoots in the capital markets after a very, very long period of, of, of weak activity. There were only two deals to talk about in the capital markets, but they were quite significant. There was a meaningful IPO, the first decent-sized IPO we've seen uh, since 2021, and also a significant follow-on public offering. So uh, there are start, we are starting to see some of those green shoots. There have also been a couple of meaningful fundraises uh, announced just in early July. Equally, uh, venture capital seems to be showing some uh, some recovery, albeit led by um, AI uh, deals with weakness elsewhere. And uh, we saw a 9% reduction overall in deal volumes in VC, um, uh, down to 53 deals. But that was a significant increase on the previous month. And also, we saw nearly 800 million of money raised uh, in VC deals across the month. Uh, which was a significant increase on the previous month, Uh, albeit again down year on year, um, although, and that was actually um, um, significantly helped by one very large deal in the fibre sector. Nevertheless, I think we're seeing some, some, some green shoots also in VC. Conversely, private equity continues to be quite weak and I think we're seeing this and and m a being impacted partly by um, um, the uh, weaker debt markets and the cost of debt uh, and also just general sentiment in the private equity world in terms of uh, secondary buyouts so we saw Five deals in total in PE, that was down from 12 in June 2022, and just one secondary buyout compared to six secondary buyouts in uh, June 2022. Um, And that's really private equity investors showing real caution about exiting existing portfolio companies when there is um, uncertainty around valuations and current trading. M&A, as I said, was also weak, although better than a very weak month in May. We saw saw 46 deals registered on our database during during June, um, up from just 38 in May, but that was down 29% year on year. So we are seeing continued weakness in the M&A market, again, partly related to weakness in M&A, but also partly related to weakness in in, uh, the debt markets, which is all a bit circular, I guess. So where are we in terms of the outlook? I think we find ourselves at a bit of a crossroads. We've got, um, I think, some early green shoots. They are great. they are early by definition, I suppose. Some green shoots in the uh, venture and capital markets um, and weakness, I think, for the first time in a while in private equity and M&A still quite depressed. And it's going to be very interesting to see how those trends develop over the next uh, few months as we enter the second half of the year. And given where the debt markets are, the weakness in the bond market, and very increasingly um, increasingly expensive debt, I expect those trends to continue, but we will see. So that's a quick counter through the key highlights for this month. Let's get on with the show. Looking first then at what's been going on in the capital markets, as I mentioned, a pretty decent month for UK tech sector share prices. The megabyte universe index of about 150 UK listed tech stocks was up 4% during June, um, but the uh, the overall valuation was broadly flat at about uh, 12.6 times current year EV EBITDA. The, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the NASDAQ has been up very significantly this year, and that compares just to a 7% Um, increase in in tech sector share prices in the UK year to date. So we're really, really underperforming the US at the moment, which is a bit of a concern. Looking more uh, in detail at the sectors, software sector share prices were again stronger than ICT services, up 5% on the month. Uh, But again, the, the, the valuation there was broadly flat at 14 times current year EV EBITDA. ICT services up after a couple of very difficult months uh, but only 1.4% on the month and the valuation was still down slightly from 9.3 times to 9.1 times so we're seeing that that ICT services current year valuation uh, very kind of very kind of meaningfully below that slightly significant uh, sort of psychologically significant marker of 10 times Um, In the US, as I said, things much, much stronger, much healthier, uh, reflecting candidly a a much stronger set of public companies in the US and a much broader base of listed companies in the tech sector in the US. The Nasdaq was up 4.4 percent. So not up, to be fair, not up massively more than the UK market. Um, But, you know, it is up that 33 percent year to date. And it was up over five percent in May. So it's up over 10 percent. And just in the last two months, the Nasdaq and the valuation there is up four percent to 17 times current year EV EBITDA. So clear water now between that average valuation for the UK tech sector and the EV EBITDA for um, for the Nasdaq, which we've seen previously tracking in not too similar different, not not too dissimilar range. The BVP BVP Nasdaq Cloud Index that was up three percent, but again that's up nearly a third, nearly thirty percent year to date, and the EV sales multiple is up slightly again to seven point six times. So we're definitely seeing recovery there, and I think that has some connotations for the VC market, which often uses the BVP Cloud Index as a valuation kind of benchmark, if you like. Capital markets. Only two deals, but significant as I said earlier. One follow on public offering, this was Midwich raising 53 million to fund acquisitions. That's an AV distributor, a very sort of popular public company listed a few years ago and doing very well. And the IPO was in the payment space, um, cab payments, emerging markets payment business. That raised 333 million on an 861 million market cap. So, a pretty chunky IPO. And as I said, the first one we've seen for many a month. Um, and in early July, we've seen um, uh, just today, actually, uh, as I'm recording this, uh, a 10 million raise from Cooth in the digital health space. That's to help with a um, uh, to, to, with a very significant uh, contract they've won in the US, which is great news for them. Um, and also a 25 million sterling, roughly $30, $30 million raise from WAN Disco. Um, don't even know where to start with that. Regular listeners will uh, will know that I talk a lot about WAN Disco. I honestly didn't think they were getting that fundraise done. So hat tip to them for actually getting it done quite where they found the investors to put more money into that black hole. I really don't know. Best of luck with that, Mr. Kelly and your new crew. Um, but I'm not particularly optimistic about the uh, about the outlook for that. The very best they can do with that now, in my opinion, is use it to both get some kind of momentum behind sales and get that business sold as quickly as possible. But also, yeah, I think it was interesting, another deal, not technically in our accounted in our, uh, in our capital markets deals, but advanced AVT. This is a cash shell led by Vin Muir. Um, and raised 130 odd million um, in 2021, actually, and has been sitting there with that cash burning a hole in its pocket for that time, but managed to find a deal in the form of some software assets from Capita, which many of you will probably know has been going through a restructuring for for many months now and selling pretty much all of its technology assets. That was a £33 million deal. And um, I think that's significant also of, of more confidence in the capital markets, although it didn't. AVT had the cash, so it didn't need to raise money for that. But I still think overall that signals some confidence. So where are we we on the capital markets outlook? Well, those of you who regularly listen to the show will know that I've talked about a recovery in capital markets later in the year since late last year, early this year. And candidly, that was really primarily just because it felt like we've been in the doldrums long enough rather than any kind of particular science to it. But when you think about it and you think about the relative performance of private equity versus, uh, versus capital markets, private equity both in terms of the primary deals, but also in terms of the m and activity that very much supports valuations and returns and don't forget sweet equity um, uh, performance for management teams in private equity is much more challenged now. And I think that will mean some businesses that might have gone PE will go uh, we'll start to think about going IPO again, where debt obviously is just not a feature, particularly or at all, frankly. And also uh, with the VC market, um, I think there will be a number of businesses that um, are still trading well, but have cut back on their on their growth ambitions, so aren't necessarily ready for the next round of, of VC, but might be worth might, might look at the capital markets for their next liquidity event. Um, so I'm I'm reasonably optimistic about the capital markets, as I always say. I don't think that we are going to see any significant long-term reversal of trend in the de-, 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 de equitization we've seen in the tech sector and more broadly in the capital markets. But I do think the 12-month outlook for the capital markets is better than it's been for some time. So more optimistic on capital markets. Let's take a look next at what's been going on in private equity. So another very quiet month for private equity with just five deals in the month. That was down, as I said before, from 12 deals in June 2022. And, uh, and SBOs are really incredibly quiet. So in total, there were three MBOs uh, registered in June, down from five a year ago, one SBO down from six, no carve-outs down from one, one public to private, uh, compared to none in the, uh, in the previous uh, period. Um, and yeah, the real weakness, as I said, is in, is in SBOs. And interesting, when I mean, you look at that year-to-date... Uh, they're down 56%, with just eight announced, compared to 18 in the same period, the first half of 2022. And I've talked about this extensively in the show in the last two or three months. I don't necessarily need to um, reprise everything I've said so far, but essentially, um, Um, private equity owners just seem very reluctant to sell assets when they think there might be a recovery in valuations, which by the way, I don't think is coming, but they might might, uh, be thinking for that. And also, I think there are a number of assets where the uh, trading is below budget, which is obviously not an ideal time to sell things. But as I mentioned in the outlook, they can't hang on to them forever. So looking at those deals um, in a bit more detail, there were three in ICT services, two in software, um, in ICT services, they were all in IT consulting. This trend of, of kind of real interest in private equity and IT consulting just continues to roll on. Interestingly, when you talk to if you talk to James Priest, our analyst in this area, who talks to dozens of companies in this part of the market, the outlook is really quite challenging for a lot of these IT consulting companies. Obviously, they have limited recurring revenue, but that certainly doesn't seem to be deterring the uh, the investors at the moment. We saw three deals, as I said: X Design, mobile app services business, that was an MBO backed by Soho Square. Um, at about what we think was 50 million. Phoenix backed another IT consulting business. It's becoming a bit of a specialization from them. A company called Logic Consulting for what we think was about 82 million sterling. That's in cybersecurity services, particularly around public sector. And J Man was pretty high-profile deal. This is in data consulting as an MBO led by uh, Baird Capital, and we think again that was about fifty million. Very hard to get a sense of that though because it's still publishing abbreviated accounts, which kind of tells you the kind of growth you can get in these businesses when you get them right. But nevertheless, um, so um, three more deals in IT consulting, and indeed one third, roughly one third of all PE deals this year have been in IT consulting. So that really is driving activity elsewhere in software. I mean. <laughs> Not really deals to write home about, to be honest with you. Technically, two PE deals. One was a public-to-private with Babylon Health. As you're probably aware, this has been a catastrophically bad public company, along with pretty much every other UK-based SPAC uh, deal that happened during the bull market of 2021. Babylon Health has essentially been taken private by its debt holders, so the equity holders there have effect- effectively come away with nothing, um, and um, you know joins the list of the likes of Kazoo, Wejo, Lumira DX as, as as really disastrous uh, SPAC deals. And I'm not sure the outlook for those other three is, is any better, frankly, than Babylon Health. But we shall see. And there was also a really tiny SBO led by Scale Up Capital, a company called Go Report in the construction software space. Um, that's just a tiny business with. Uh, 16 people, but a, a, an SBO nevertheless. So, um, yeah, I mean, what, what do we think then about the short-term outlook uh, within private equity? Well, short and medium-term outlook. I, I really think it's going to be a quiet few months for private equity. I think that um, you know, in terms of those um, those those selling. I think they're going to have to get their head around, in terms of secondary buyouts or trade sales, they're going to have to get their head around the fact that valuations, I think, have permanently reduced from their high levels of 2021 and early 2022. And in terms of the buyers, I think they need to also reset their expectations. I think growth is, as I've said many times on the podcast, growth in the industry generally and the sector generally is reverting to the mean, which is low to high single digits on average, low to sort of mid to high single digits on average, compared to the sort of 15 to 20% we saw on average at the peak post-COVID. Um, you, you're also going to have to get, get your head around how much debt you're going to have to put into the deal. I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. So that has a mathematically uh, mathematical impact on valuations as well. And of course, MA, um, multiple arbitrage in M&;A, often using debt to do that, has been a significant driver of valuation, uh, value creation in M&;A in sorry in private equity in the last 10 years really. And that's just not going to be as much of a feature over the next few years um, as debt remains more expensive. So I think investors <clears throat> are just going to take a little time to get used to that and I think that's going to take a few months before we get back to some normal uh, some more normal trading activities, particularly in SBO. But as I said a minute ago, you you know, these guys can't, these PE guys can't hold on to their assets forever. Um, They need to return assets to, they need to return funds to their um, LPs. And you are going to see that normalizing, I think, as we go into next year. Um, But I still think this idea of one of the the reasons why PE has been so much stronger than capital markets over the long period is because, you know, sweet equity has been pretty much a a dead cert. It's been a, a, a sure thing, as they say. Really, for the last 10 years, unless you really, really got it wrong in private equity. And that just isn't going to be the case over the next five to 10 years, certainly the next five years. And I think that will slightly regests the balance of PE versus capital markets, PE deal versus IPO, not massively, but enough to make enough of a difference to the deal numbers. So I think um, a weaker period in, uh, in prospect for, uh, for, for private equity, particularly in SBOs. So that's a quick wrap up of what's been going on in PE. Let's turn next to see what's been happening in the world of venture capital. So those of you who have tuned into the show for the last couple of months will know that I have been talking about some green shoots in VC um, for a while now, you know, really focused on um, interest in AI and all things AI, which unless you've been living under a rock for the last few months, uh, will realize is, you know, one of the biggest sort of secular uh, growth trends in technology, certainly since uh, I've been an analyst, which is over 30 years. And that is really starting to have an impact on the numbers, albeit quite small at the moment in terms of the overall impact. We saw deal volumes in VC down 9% in June to 53 deals. So down year-on-year, but still one of the best months we've seen for quite some time. And indeed, funds raised was 778 million. That again was up significantly on previous months, albeit still down significantly year-on-year, down 34%. But that a very good month. But we should point out that 420 million of that was a fundraise from GigaClear, which I'll come back to in a second. So um, overall, year-to-date deal flow has been down 36% in VC, down to 226 deals, and the value of those deals is, is down 68% in total to 2.6 billion. So we are still seeing a very, tra- a very challenging VC market, but some uh, some green shoots. As I as I've said, I've talked previously about Builder AI and um, and Context um, uh, 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 are raising substantial amounts of money, and a couple of other deals this month that I'll talk about in a sec. But just to touch on GigaClear, interestingly, you know, we've seen, you know, those of you again listening to the show for a while will know that, you know, over the last couple of years, up until a few months ago, the, the fibre market for growth capital has been an incredibly substantial source of or, or destination for funds. That has largely dried up or significantly dried up in the last few months as there's been a bit of um, overcapacity in that market, to say the least. But what's really interesting to me is you've still got um, businesses that businesses that are executing and have some scale in that market, able to raise substantial amounts of money, whereas um, it's very black and white. You've got businesses that really aren't hitting their targets in terms of build out, that are either being sold or or the plugs being pulled on them altogether. So it's a really interesting dynamic. And if you haven't read uh, my colleague Philip Carse's quarterly report on the fibre market, and you're a subscriber, I strongly recommend you do that. It's really interesting, real insight into some of the data around what's going on. Um, and if you're not a subscriber, you know what to do. Um, so. Giggily proving that there is still life in the old dog yet in terms of fiber. Um, I promised to come back to talk a little bit about the AI piece and the information management sub-peer group, which is what we, uh, on our database, where you see most of these AI deals. Two significant deals, again, to talk about this this month. Not quite as big as Quantexa um, and Builder.ai, but still meaningful. Um, Synthesia AI video generation business raising $72 million in a series C raise from NVIDIA, Kleiner Perkins, and others. Um, and Jensen is an AI deep learning model business that has raised 34 million in a Series A from Andrews and Horowitz amongst others. So you've got the real bluest of blue chip um, West Coast VCs going to these businesses in the UK, just signalling how much interest there is in this early stage AI build out. And I really only think we've started to see the, just started to see the beginning of that trend, which will play out, I think, a lot over the next few months, which I think will, and years actually, which will, I think, support overall deal volume in the market. Um, so, um, elsewhere in VC, um, having taken a bit of a breather, um, you know, fintech again, a bit like fiber was a real driver of growth in, in investments in, in the sort of 21, 22 time frame. Um, nine of the 15 deals, uh, in, uh, in, in 53 deals in, in VC were in fintech last month. So, some, 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 an interesting bounce in that part of the market. Again, mostly in payments. That was where we saw most of the deals before. And I'd highlight a 47 million Series B for Vault was the largest deal. We're not seeing those mega raises that we saw, but definitely some, uh, definitely a much busier month in fintech. And um, elsewhere, I think a broad spread of deals: um, eight in business to consumer software, six in CRM, uh, seven in government healthcare, six in HCM and financial management. So a good broad spread of deals across the piece. So. Overall, just thinking about the outlook briefly, I do think that uh, we've seen the worst of the VC market. I think we're going to start to see continuing uh, gradual recovery, uh, but a changing, a changing um, kind of deal type uh, with AI. Really, not deal type, but you know, change in where the money's going with a real focus on AI over the coming months and years. So that's it. Looking at VC, I will wrap up the show as I always do with a review of what's been going on in M and A. So, as I've mentioned a few times on the show now, um, a Not a bad month for M&A volumes relative to to what we saw during May, but still down significantly year year on year. We registered 46 deals on our database, 29% down year on year, but that was up significantly on what was uh, the weakest month for many months uh, during May. Anecdotally, I just think that tighter debt markets really are what's making the difference in M and A. You know, we've seen uh, we've seen a gradual reduction in the number of companies that are engaging in really volume MA. and I think you're seeing as as debt facilities that were struck uh, when interest rates were lower sort of getting getting used up, and, and companies having to renegotiate new facilities at much higher rates. That is really curtailing activity because it's just very hard to make the metrics work uh, when you're paying, you know. Low teens interest rates compared to maybe six or seven percent, uh, twelve or eighteen months ago. So I think that's primarily what we're seeing in the market. And I think just a general caution about what's happening in terms of trading. And when you're acquiring a target and you're not sure about whether they're going to hit budget or not, you know that's obviously going to hold things back a little bit. So I think a number of things really. And actually, we're not seeing any particularly notable deals as well. So you know there's been only a smattering of substantial M&A. Uh, there was one significant deal in software I'll talk about in a minute, but no really significant deals in ICT services. Um, eighteen deals in total um, in uh, in Ict services which was um, you know which was down down significantly nearly halved i think um, it, 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 year on year and uh, just a range of quite small bolt on deals in Ict services in software deal volumes were down about about fifteen percent year on year so not quite as bad um, and um, I think a broad spread of the kind of um, bolt on MA at lower levels than we've seen previously. Three deals I want to mention just in terms of some of the more significant M&A. Um, leading Edge Capital and SEP exiting Immedia. This is in the HCM software payroll space to UKG for around 500 million, just under 500 million. So a pretty, pretty chunky deal in the HCM space. The advanced AVT deal I talked about at the beginning of the show when I was talking about capital markets. That was a £33 million pound, uh, deal. Interestingly, um, Vin Maria's vehicle buying. Um, 35 million pounds worth of revenue so paying less than one times revenue for those assets they've come out of capital so they're probably not the shiniest things you've ever seen in your life but pretty much any software deal you can do at one times revenue particularly when you're in Um, you know you, you can pretty much guarantee she's going to make a return on that with her management team or the management team over the next period so um, interestingly interesting deal there and also the likes of accesso um, not the likes of Excesso, accesso in the uh, in the kind of retail. Um, retail software space, not retail as in shops, but in terms of, um, uh, you know, the entertainment and um, theme parks um, industry. They've been on the MA trail for a while now and um, recovered substantially one of the biggest, uh, one of the biggest companies that suffered the most from, from COVID, obviously, given their activities, their, their end market. They acquired um, their, uh, one of their Italian competitors called VGS for 38 and dollars, five times trailing sales um, um, last month. And so they're now back on the MA trail, which I think is very interesting. So wrapping up on M&A and just generally where I think we are, we are in the outlook, um, I think that, um, you know, as I said at the top of the show, we've got a changing potentially of the guard, uh, an early signs of a changing of the guard in terms of what's, what's good and what's not. VC and capital markets starting to recover because they're just, deal volumes and activity are much less dependent on debt in those two parts of the market, uh, whereas PE and M&A, which have been very dependent or partially dependent on a, on a very benign uh, debt market, are now... Um, are now are now struggling a little bit more, and I think will continue to struggle a little bit more until they find a new level in terms of that debt market, and. I've talked about the you know, the increasing uh, deal activity in terms of fundraising in the, in the capital markets, but I also think some of the deals, some of the M&A I've talked about in capital markets is interesting and, and is a symptom of some improving sentiment. I've talked about advanced AVT, Midwich acquiring and getting that 53 million, I think, uh, fundraise to, to fund a, war, a bit of a war chest, Excesso getting back on the, uh, on the M&A trail. So just some of these public companies, M&A from public companies has been very quiet over the last period because they just haven't had a certainty of being able to fund those from shareholders and that does start does seem to be starting to turn. So without without kind of re- repeating what I've said through the show, I do think we're seeing the, the green shoots. The most interesting thing for me right now is what's going to happen over the next few months. Are we going to see those green shoots developing in capital markets and VC? I think VC I'm pretty confident with because I think that AI driver is is, is, is pretty much nailed on for, for that part of the market. Capital markets, I think, a bit more fragile, but I'm getting more confident about that. And I do think uh, we are going to see quite a quieter few months in uh, PE and uh, an M&A. But overall, I do think my the 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 trend that I talked about earlier in the year, where um, 2023 is going to be a kind of a, a switch-over year um, uh, in terms of uh, relatively weak activity, but moving into a much more positive phase in 2024. Um, will will I'm still increasingly confident in that view actually, and I think that's where we are. That's we are where we are headed. So that's it for this month. I'm going to be taking my usual CEO barometer break in August. Um, so I won't be talking to you again until September when I will, uh, I will um, uh, reprise and, and talk through all of the data that's been going, over, going on over the summer. And I'm sure by then we'll have much clearer picture of what's been going on in capital markets and whether those green shoots and indeed in VC are starting to develop into something a bit more meaningful and, and, and solid. Um, and in the meantime, I wish you all a fabulous summer. I hope the weather uh, is more like it was in, um, in May than it has been in the last couple of weeks, um, and I wish you all a, a great summer. I hope you get a decent break over that period, and I look forward to speaking to you again in September, but for now, goodbye.